With over a decade of experience bridging illustration and interaction design, our guest today has helped shape intuitive user experiences at some of the world's leading technology companies. From optimizing complex flows at real estate companies like Realogy to envisioning uh, engaging designs for household names like Facebook, her portfolio spans mobile, web, B2B, and B2C products. She's equally adept at user research as she is at Pixel Perfect Visuals, and her academic background covers both Masters of Fine Arts in Illustration and Web Design. And it's clear that she has a passion for using data and research to solve problems for real people by making the complex feel simple. And with that said, I'm thrilled to have Jesse Chen with us today. Jesse is currently a principal UX designer at Autodesk, where she helps drive impact through product vision and uh, innovation. Jesse, welcome to the Same Logic Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. It is great. And having what an you. intro! Yeah, what an intro! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so uh, let's start us off. How how first did you get? Uh, interested in UX design as a career, what kind of prompted you to join, uh, to, to come into the, the career as, as a UX designer? So a little bit about me, I was actually born and raised in China. Um, so I, I started my journey with a bachelor degree in interior design, Not had nothing to do with UX design. And then I moved to the United States in 2008. Uh, you mentioned in the intro, you know, it was driven by a dream of becoming a children's book illustrator. So I did an MFA in illustration here in San Francisco, California. Then after completing grad school in 2011, that's when I embarked on my professional journey as a 2D game artist at a mobile social game company. And a year after that, I decided that I need to expand my horizons. So I returned to school to study website design and new media. That's when I pivoted my career into the user experience design field. I would say my pivotal moments came in 2013 during an internship at a design agency. And from there to 2017, uh, in that four years, uh, that's where I dedicated my time to refining my skills and while working with various small companies. And in, in 2017, I then embarked on a new chapter, joining Facebook and later Autodesk, where I work now as a principal UX designer. And and you have experience working at uh, both uh, gaming companies and large firms, as you mentioned, like uh, uh, Facebook and Autodesk. Uh, what are some of the key differences that you've noticed in um, the design processes between those types of companies? So when it comes to design process, uh, typically we're talking about double diamond process. You're probably familiar with, right? Like discovery, define, develop, and deliver. I would say in my earlier career, particularly when I was working at the mobile game company and during my first UX design internship, my focus was more centered around the later phases, the develop and deliver phases with less involvement in the earlier phases, which are discovery and define. And I think that could just be that I was junior, which limited my influence on problem solving strategies, you know, so I was doing a lot of the pushing the pixel work. Uh, and however, as I progressed and became more senior, 
I started to embrace the full design process. So now I have a lot more engagement and collaboration on defining and influencing like product vision, strategies, and roadmaps. I would say that's that's the biggest difference in the design process. Very different uh, when it comes on to the different types of industries there as well. You, you also have t- over 10 years of experience uh, in the field at this point in your career. What's some practical advice you'd, you'd give your younger self uh, starting out in UX? If I was telling the 20-year-old Jessie, I would tell her to not be afraid to lead because uh, as as when you're a junior, you know, people have the tendency to think that, oh, I'm not senior enough to make my opinions heard or like to share my perspectives. And it can really hinder your career growth because until today, like it's still pretty common that the loudest voice gets heard in the room, right? And so do not be afraid to speak up, which is something that I am proud to say that I am courageous enough these days. When I notice conflicts and disagreements, I will openly share my point of view, which really helped with my career growth. But back then, I did not see myself doing that. So that would be one of the biggest advice I would give. I love that. Walk us through what a typical day in your life looks like. And also like, how do you prioritize your your, your tasks? I don't think I have like the typical day. Like every day is different because I like, I work on multiple, multiple projects at the same time. But typically, yeah, like I will just start like it depends on the meetings that I'm involved. If it's a big initiative, you know, we will have group meetings with different leaders on the team to discuss the timelines and the roadmaps and like what are some new feature requests that are added into the, all the existing roadmap and something like anything we need to update. And I will also be sitting in meetings with my engineering team, like doing grooming planning and making sure like you know we have the right tickets assigned for each active sprint right and then there's a lot of like design support so in addition to those meetings when I have my head down time then I will still be working on pixel work (laughs) right like in addition to the robot planning strategy uh, all, all that um all that stuff, I still do my design work. I will still work on my interaction design using Figma. And outside of my design role, I also do some other fun stuff. I lead a design educational program for my design organization, and we host monthly events. So sometimes I will be reaching out to external speakers to join our events or like internal speakers. So there's all kinds of stuff I do every day. It's, it's different every day. And if you could want master like one one additional skill at uh, work, uh, what what would it be? I would say communication. Communication skills is so crucial for UX designers in particular. Like as you become more senior, you need to get your opinions heard and and how you deliver that message and how to you uh, do the persuasion is extremely important. Communication skills are definitely something that I would love to master and is something that I've been actively taking courses as well and being an immigrant it adds additional complexity because this is my second language 
you're a great communicator. So like you're you're uh, mastering that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Thank you. <laughs> I hope so. I, uh, what what are three qualities as well mm-hmm. that you think that makes someone a successful UX designer? I would say the key qualities for designers to be successful are being curious, creative, effective communicators, which I mentioned just now, and great leaders. Uh, I would say those are uh, the top qualities. I recently came across an image on LinkedIn and it says, learn like a junior, lead like a senior. And, and that really resonated with me because like, regardless of our experience level, it's so crucial to maintain that growth mindset, right? Stay curious, creative, and never stop learning. There's so much to learn every day. It's overwhelming. Um, yeah, so I talked about con- communication skills earlier, and that really ties to leadership style as well, like your leadership skills. And in my opinion, designers should not hesitate to take on leadership roles, and the titles should not limit anyone, right? Like, you might not be a principal UX designer yet, but that shouldn't stop you from leading, right? Like, we all, everybody has the potential to to be leaders. We just need to unleash that superpower within ourselves. I love that. What is the most challenging or rewarding aspect of uh, collaborating with engineering or developers as a UX designer? I love that question. This is like a perfect question for me to talk about what I have been doing these days. So typically for me, like when, when working with engineers, right, like in the beginning, like I faced a lot of challenges due to their lack of understanding of the design process and like a very limited collaboration with me and with the design team. So all of that led to UI bugs being discovered after code review, which requires like a full loop of going through coding, reviewing and testing and like for any design changes. And it was so time consuming. So I find it rewarding to just implementing like a very small change like to introduce a design review column in in their engineering Jira scrum board, like making it mandatory before code review. It's so such a small change, but it's so rewarding because it significantly reduced the turnaround time for UI bug fixes. And then there's also like include them into my design process. So when we do uh, project kickoff meetings, we will like organize a meeting with the entire engineering team, right? I will collaborate with my product manager and a user researcher. We'll just present the problem statement, the solution impact, uh, like all the user research we did and the design iterations, basically just providing them insight into why we're working on this initiative and like how, here is how we made those decisions. And the most rewarding thing that I did recently, which I think it was about a month ago, I created a Slack workflow integration called Things to Celebrate uh, in, in my team's Slack channel, which is something that, you know, like you can just click on the workflow and everybody can give gold stars to each other. And you can mm-hmm. share reasons and like you can highlight the demonstrated values like, oh, thank you doing, you know, for being impactful what you did in in those code changes in like a day and you unblocked you know like the this x amount of customers from uh, using this critical workflow you know like such things that you can just call out 
directly in the Slack channel and everybody sees it. So that's, I, I find that really rewarding because I see like a very uh, positive team culture being fostered. And it's just amazing to see engineers like actively recognizing each other. Like every time I, somebody gives a gold star, I will get a Slack notification. <laughs> You know, and I, I send them gold stars too. So, so it's very valuable. I would recommend people doing that because it's just such a great tool for team building and enhancing their sense of ownership because lots of my engineers, they are contractors, you know? Um, so this is a great way to like make them, they feel like they're valued and included. And so they're more proactive in collaborating with me, with design and all the other disciplines. Mm, I love that. Like when people feel appreciated, it really boosts morale and you get like so much great work coming out of that. that that's pretty amazing. Team morale. Yes. What advice do you regularly give to um, junior designers and what do you think that they should focus on uh, most importantly? What are the most important things that junior designers should actually focus on? When I mentor younger uh, junior designers, uh, a few areas that I typically emphasize on are, yes, communication skills is always important, right? Discard, uh, like regardless of your experience level. And then there's also the problem solving skills. Like, of course, there's always room to enhance your craft skills, right? Like I would tell them to, hey, like stay up to trends and figure out what are some like super cool uh, Figma plugins are out there that can enhance your workflows. Like how can you maybe follow these people on like social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, because they, you know, like if you can be an expert in one area, say, prototype animation, you know, this is something that you can stand out, like figure out what is something that you are very passionate about or like really naturally good at and just like hone into that skills because you don't have to be good at everything, like pick one area and like really develop in that and, and, and stand out, make you stand out. So that's one. And then the other area that I would, I would tell them to focus on is collaboration skills. Collaboration skill is extremely important. Um, you know, especially if you work at a larger corporate <laughs> companies, like the amount of stakeholders you have to interact with on a daily basis, you know, sometimes they can give you a headache. So like you think about how, like how you collaborate them, how you influence them, like what, when is a good time to bring them in and like, like how, how do you get them to see your values. Uh, like these are all important skills to, to, to work on. What do you think is the biggest limitation or the biggest blind spot in UX currently? And how do you think the, the industry can evolve or, or improve this blind spot? So in my opinion, I find it inefficient when it comes to you're giving this design project and you're working hard to come up with all the different concept designs and like doing user testings, right? Um, but then how do you summarize all of these findings and be able to deliver those insights to key stakeholders? Like that process is 
so time consuming. Um, so what we have to been doing, unfortunately, like we use a tool that already allows you to like upload the video recordings and it click a button, it just automatically generates the scripts for you. And then you can just like tagging things and like create a resource finding report. But even that is so much work. And, and then in addition to that, designers have to work with user researchers and they often need to get help from even like PMs or like some other folks who have attended those research sessions to be like, hey, can we sit down together to uh, synthesize all these findings and then group them, bucket them, and then like evaluate, you know, so that whole process takes forever. So think about it. If there's some sort of automation tool, let me say like, hey, I don't know what's available out there. There are so many, like millions of AI tools. But if there's one thing that just simplifies that process, if it takes two weeks, what if it just takes two hours, you know? and it just automatically does everything for you. That is the big blind spot in my opinion, because think about the time you're saving, right? Like maybe this month you're only able to run one resource project, but if the AI tool is able to help you automate all of that, then you can lead a two or three user research projects that month, right? And that will significantly help you to speed up like moving your uh, initiatives forward on your roadmaps. Your customers will be so much happier. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, this is my last question here, Jesse. I ask sure. everyone who comes on to the podcast this question. Yeah. And the question is, what's one weakness that you've turned into your strength? For me, the, the challenge I faced and, and continue to work on is overcoming a language barrier, right? I mentioned I'm a first generation immigrant. So, and I think I turned 22 the year I came to the United States. So, so I had lots, lots of imposter syndrome in communication. Like I was just struggling with expressing opinions and networking and, you know, like which all impacted both my professional and personal growth. But how did I turn that into a strength? Like, basically, I just, at one point, I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to embrace my accent and the knowledge gaps resulting from growing up in a totally different country, right? And so after having that mindset, it, it just really transformed, uh, that transformation just really empowered me to lead by example, like have the courage to lead and demonstrate to other immigrants colleagues that we we can also be leaders so basically turned this challenge into a strength and really just focus on building my resilience throughout my journey to to overcome this this language barrier I may not speak perfectly but that doesn't stop me from chatting with you on your podcast right uh, and I may not write professionally but I've been writing design articles on Medium and I have over 8,000 followers. And I just actively look for opportunities to stretch my abilities. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier that I run an educational program for my design organization, meaning I have to talk to people that I don't even know, like I never met, inviting them and like collaborating with them. And it's just intimidating sometimes. And I, I don't know if you can relate, um, you know, 
doing because you're also an immigrant, right? But I just often describe myself as a hustler because I just cannot stop working on things. Like I'm just constantly working on things and I, I just have to work on something meaningful to keep myself thriving. Um, um, you look like, you seem like you're also a hustler, right? <laughs> I think, you mentioned yeah. that you're building it, this podcast. Is is it like a labor of love for you? Yes, yes, it, it pretty it pretty much is. Uh, and I think you know, like you you mentioned that you you don't speak professionally. You you speak professionally. Like you, it's very hard to re recognize that you're not a native English speaker. So um, you've turned that into your strength for sure. Um, and I, I haven't, I should follow your, um, your writings on medium, um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure like, um, to amass 8,000 followers, you have something impactful that you're putting out in the world. Uh, it's just really exciting to, to hear your journey, to watch your, uh, your, your story unfold and to see like how resilient you are. And, and, uh, it's really great to, to see that. Yeah. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say that and recognizing it, uh, it's definitely not easy to get to where I am today. Perfect. Jesse, uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Same Logic podcast. Where can our listeners find you if they'd love to um, if they'd love to connect? For the listeners, you guys can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active um, on LinkedIn and you can also follow me on yeah, on Medium. <laughs> And also follow me. You can also find me on some mentorship programs like ADP List or Mentor Cruise. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Same Logic podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on LinkedIn or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. I'm Dwayne Samuels. Take care. Um...